are finishing up Paul's run-on sentence. Also, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ Jesus would be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with the view of the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Father, thank you for this text. And Lord, as I continue to lean upon your word, I realize how inadequate I am at expressing a truth that is beyond temporal understanding. Father, I pray for these precious people. I've been praying for them all week, that those that would hear this message, you would teach them. You would open their eyes. You would touch their souls to the core of their being, that they may grasp this. Thank you, my King. In Christ's name, amen. I'm not even sure I can explain this text, to be honest with you. I, in my study of Scripture, there has been passages that I have gotten into. I remember when I taught through the book of Hebrews, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger every time I looked at it. And when I did that, it was became very frustrating to prepare a message on something that just kept swelling up. And, and yet you, you guys know that there are times that I probably spend too much time on a word. But when I go back to the book of Hebrews, that book is one of those that you just sit there and go, I, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. That's where I'm at right now. We are looking at the Trinity's plan, the Trinity's master plan, and we are in a section now that I call the inheritance guaranteed. And we are actually looking at a place that it basically is the ground of our inheritance. What is the basis of our inheritance, the, the foundation of our inheritance? And, and I shared with you over the last two weeks We have obtained an inheritance. It's past tense, passive voice, and it can be translated one or two ways. One is that we are an inheritance. The other way is we have an inheritance. And either way you look at it, it's true. Because we are in the body of Christ, we are Christ's inheritance. Because we are in the body of Christ... We have Christ as our inheritance. So you, you, you just can't really mess that up. And, and, and it's, it's amazing because both ways are true and both ways should be looked at today by you and me 
is that your and my identity is Christ. Period. We were, in the book of Acts, we were called Christians in a derogatory term, and it was to speak of little Christ. Okay? But it was a derogatory thing. It was supposed to be a point of shame. Some today may say nothing has changed. We have obtained. We have obtained. That verse, that section right there, that little grouping of words modifies Christ out of verse 10. Verse 10. In him also we have obtained. In him is Christ. Okay, listen, there is no way to get anything that God has offered apart from Christ. It's impossible. I don't care what it is. You know, I I hear a lot of people try to explain to me that religious beliefs are all based on the same philosophy or theology, and that's not true. Okay, there is one of grace There's one of works. Okay? It is that simple. I don't care what name you hang on it. You're either in Christ or you ain't. It's that simple. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, outside of Christ. Which means that He is our only identity. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you pursue. I don't care what you chase. I don't care what your passions are. Nor does the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It is that simple. Scripture tells me that neither is there salvation in any other There is no other name under heaven that given among men whereby we must be saved. You know what that means? No plan B. There ain't no plan B. It is Christ and Christ alone. That is the authoritative word of God. God says it is in Christ. The Apostle Paul was always freaked out. If you go read through any of his letters in a cursory reading, you will see him just amazed that we are in him. We are in Christ. In him, we have received this inheritance. It's being in Christ. It's being one with Christ. Okay, now listen. I have a lot of dealings in the secular world. And people at times are shocked that I'm a pastor too. A preacher, whatever they want to call me. I had a person yesterday call me a priest. I was like, no, I'm not a priest. (laughs) So, you know, I'll take Because I said, next thing you want is me to bless you and that won't work because you won't like it. 
Okay. All right. You know, I, I, I want us to understand verse 3 says that who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Okay, now again, there it is again. In Christ. In Christ. Because we are in Christ, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Heavenly places are only the places where God is. Other than that, you're not going to get any blessings there. I was reading one author on this text. He made a statement on this, and I thought it was very appropriate. This is dealing with the Christian's spiritual biography. I was like, wow, man, because that's, you know, but sometimes I read these guys, you're like, man, I don't know why you wrote that down. It's hurting my head. But that's true. It is who we are. Okay? So I want to kind of elaborate on this because I'm looking at the grounds of our inheritance. Okay? If you look at the grounds of our inheritance, there's two views to it. Okay? One is God's view. Two is mine and your view. Okay? So, if you would please, ladies, I will give you a little help right now. Romans chapter 6. Beginning at verse 3. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Okay, when I read the word baptize, baptism, baptismos, I immediately think of this. Immersed. Immersed. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism, immersed into his death. You got that? So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in what? Brothers and sisters, that is in Christ. That is in Christ. There's a union there that is beyond your comprehension or my comprehension. I have died with Christ, but I've been raised to walk in the newness of life. When you became a Christian, by a miracle of God that only He could do. Let me see if I can help you with this. (laughs) I doubt it. But anyway. That instant of your salvation, that moment, boom. Okay? Right there, at that moment, you were taken back 2,000 years and you were nailed to the cross. You were buried with Christ 
And you were raised to walk in the newness of life. Instantaneously. That is one with Christ. That is in Christ. That is in Him. That's why people... That's what I believe is the greatest deception that exists in the body of Christ right now, is people don't understand that. And in some cases, they don't know that because they're not in Christ. Because of that, that I was taken and nailed to the cross, I died with Him, I rose with Him to walk in the newness of life, I am one with Christ Forever and ever. I mean, I listened to people this week was Miracle Week. Everybody wanting miracles. And I'm sitting there reading this thinking, really? I have been buried with him and raised to walk in the newness of life. You can never separate me from the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever. And you want a miracle? What is that? God performed an incredible miracle. And you know what? God placed each of us in union with Christ Jesus. If you're saved today, you are in union with Christ Jesus. You cannot be separated from Christ Jesus. Your spiritual makeup is in Christ Jesus. Your life, your identity is in Christ Jesus. If it is not... Go back to step one. Listen, we died with him. Guess what? Sins paid for. Your sins are paid for. They're not being paid for. You're not making monthly payments. They're paid for. And they were paid for in such a way that you were raised to walk. In newness. In newness. One with Him. I am one with Jesus Christ. To receive all the inheritance of God that He would give to His beloved Son. There's no distinction. There's no difference. See, this is one of the things that drives me nuts. Because I, I don't tell a lot of people, lost people, that I'm a pastor. Because it's, as soon as you tell them that, they all want to all of a sudden be spiritual. And I am impelled that if you say something that ain't true, I'm going to say, that ain't true. Okay, which can add conflict to your... <laughs> Your daily walk. But I'm going to say, no, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I mean, and I have said that before, but a lot of people who know me are like, well, yeah, you know, he's, he's going to cut it straight. You ain't going to get around it. Listen, you have got to get a hold of this. That is being in Christ. Every single one of you, I prayed specifically for those that God would bring here today because I knew that those that God would bring here today has got, they've got to get this. They've got. 
to have be immersed in this. They've got to be overwhelmed by this. See, in Christ, baptized into his death and raised to walk in the newness of life, that is the different than following the teachings of Jesus Christ. Please understand that. That is crucial to your eternal destiny. It isn't a matter of you keeping a bunch of rules or a bunch of rules that people think you should keep. Well, I think you should do this. I think you should do that. No, I don't care what you think I should do. I am in union with Christ Jesus. I am not here for your gratification. I am not here for my gratification. I am here for my king. I am here to decrease so that he will increase. I am here because I want to show you the miracle of all miracles that the person of Terry and the person of Christ, you can't tell the difference in. Did you get that? And if you think that you can memorize the Bible and pray five times a day or whatever you think you got to do and it's going to make it better, you're a fool. You're a fool. It is that union is dying with him and rising with him. It's not just listening to him. Do you understand that? It isn't, well, you know what, I'm really good in Bible trivia. Well, hallelujah. I bet you're not as good as Satan. That's the difference. This is this union. This is, I am in him. Putting your faith, putting your trust With confidence. With confidence. That is the real union. That's what it's all about. You know what? I have to say ultimately that this is the wonder of all wonders. I don't get it. Someday, someday when we see him, we will be like him. First John three two. Romans chapter eight tells us that we will be conformed into the image of his son. You know, I look at it. God loved us enough to bring us into his family. We're adopted. But he also loved us so much that he made us exactly like his son. We call that the body of Christ. Now, I want you to grab this because this is what happens when you're saved. I see people who, quote, unquote, attend church and in Bible studies and memorize this and pray this and read this and they know this and they heard that and they do this and they look just like the world. 
That's insane. How is that possible? Well, it's very possible. Why? They're not his. They are not in Christ. It's that simple. It's that simple. I am one with Christ. If you are saved today, you are one with Christ. You have died to the old and you live to the new. You know, I I just had a conversation this morning and the guy goes on and on and on about how the world has cheated him and treated him and all this other stuff. That's fine. But I said, let me ask you a question. He says, what's that? I was like, can you drive your car down the road looking in the rearview mirror? What? It's a simple question. Can you drive down the road looking to in the rearview mirror? If I sit and keep looking backwards all the time, guess what? I'm going to run into something that I didn't want no part of. You have died to the old. I remember when I first started attending this church a long time ago. They all wanted to get up and give testimonies. And people would stand up and say, this is my testimony. And every one of them, I never said anything like it, would stand up and tell them how they were a drug dealer or they were a prostitute or they were this, they were that and all the rest of that. And I kept thinking they're going, well, I don't get that. I look at my past at times and think, God, why in the world did he do anything for me? But I remember I'm doing that. I remember a lady one time said, I want to give my testimony, but anybody under 18 has to leave. And I was like, whoa, dude, I'm out of here. That's crazy to me. Because when I read about a person's testimony, they're telling me, thus is what the Lord is doing in my life right now. It's really cool. Why? Because God doesn't drive looking backwards. I am one with Christ. I have died to the old. I live to the new. And you know what? Because I have died with Christ and I live to the new, I inherit everything He has. That is a Christian. That is a person in spiritual union with He who spoke existence into being. In Christ, I obtain an inheritance. I obtain His inheritance. Last week I told you, for you to live for Christ, you should be growing to a point where you can't tell where you drop off and he begins. How did that happen? How in the heck does that happen? I do not understand that. How does that happen? Thought you would never ask. Back to verse 11. We have obtained an inheritance. Why? Because it's in him. Verse 11. All right. How did it happen? Having been predestined. Okay, now. 
We have to understand something about this. Our inheritance, our salvation, our redemption, our repentance. is by His own will. Please understand that. You can sit and tell me all day long, well, we make this. Yeah, you make decisions every day. Every minute of every day, you're making some decision to do something. Absolutely. I agree with that emphatically. Okay? But when it came to salvation, you had no part in it. Verse 4, remember? Chose us in Him when? Before the foundations of the world. Now, you can say, well, that's that Calvinistic stuff. All right, well, you tell me what that means then. Because you know what? I've read a lot of John Calvin, and I have never found Tulip. He didn't write that. Men said, this is what he's teaching, and we came up with Tulip. Whatever. I've read his stuff. He was a Bibleist. From God's side, he chose us. From God's side, who decided? Okay. Do you, let me explain something to you. I don't care who you are today. All right? Do you realize that what we are is because of what God has chosen to make us? I don't care what you do. I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care. You don't understand how I grew up. You know what? I don't want to understand how you grew up. Remember? You can't drive the car looking in the rearview mirror. He decided what you are before any of your ancestors were born. That's staggering. It's just flat out staggering. I don't care what you say. I don't think I'll ever understand it. Ah, but when you get to heaven, you'll know as he knows. I still won't understand it. I may know as he knows, but I'm like, oh, man. Why would God choose me, a useless sinner, Why? Why would he ever set his affections upon me? That is being in Christ. Well, you got to be born again. Well, you missed that one. Okay? Yeah. But you know what you got to do before you're born again? Be buried with him. You must die so you can walk in the newness of life. I've got to be honest with you. Your biggest adversary is you. I don't care who you are. I don't have to go look for a fight. I wake up in the morning with a fight. See, that's God's. That's God's side. I love this verse because it causes some people uh, spiritual apoplexy. 
It's not really a difficult verse unless you have a preconceived notion. That preconceived notion was that for some reason, I figured it out. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And this is what this verse says. Having been predestined according to your purposes? His purpose. Who works all things under the counsel of his will. That's kind of cool. God had a plan. (laughs) Count me in. He predetermined according to his will. According to his purpose. It was according to his plan. It was the fulfillment of the Trinity's master plan before the foundations of creation. That word that you see there, predestined, proizo, proizo. It's kind of an interesting word. I've heard people do all kinds of spiritual yoga with it. And it literally just means mark out the boundaries. That's what the word means. Perizzo. Mark out the boundaries. You know what that means? God planned it out and marked out the limitations. Well, that means, preacher, that God has predestined some to condemnation. That ain't what that means. They're all going to condemnation. Every single human being that's ever been born was headed for condemnation, but before the foundations of the earth, God saved some. His purpose, His will. Then He says there, it's so amazing to me, He works all things after the counsel of His will. Do you know what the word all things is in the Greek? All things. What would those be? All things. All things. I got a tweet from a friend of mine in California, and he was at Disney World yesterday. And a bunch of geese flew over the happiest place in the world and pooped on everybody. And I thought, well, there's fascination. How cool. I'm sitting there enjoying Mickey and Minnie and Goofy and Pluto and all. And But then I think about this. He has planned it out and he's marked the limit. The limit was I wasn't in Disney to get pooped on. I like that idea. I want to show you some things here. You know how he can be. It says... It's according, predestined, I've marked the boundaries, according to his purpose, who works. Okay, I want to look at that word, works. Who works all things. Works. You know what the word is that we get out of the English in that? Energizes it. Energizes it. Interjetic is the is the actual Greek word, but it means to put your energy into it. See, what God plans, God gives the power to do. 
That's why you run into grouchy Christians. Right? They know this is exactly what God wants me to do and I'm mad about it. Well, I'm thinking he ain't energizing it. Just an idea. God gives the power to do what he plans. You know, I used to, years ago, I used to work for a subcontractor for Martin Marietta. And I was a technician. And I had I worked under nine engineers, which to this day, never mind, just press on. They would always come up with a great plan and then give it to the technician to make it work. And you know, you can't put that many wires in that thing. I don't care how hard you push it. It ain't fitting. Oh, yeah, but this, I'm just telling you. And so you work on it, work on it. And two, three weeks later, you come back and say, guess what? What's that? It didn't work. Come up with another plan. You know what? I don't look at what God has done as a great plan, and then he's in the process of figuring it out. God had a great plan. All he had to do was say it. Once he said it, the plan is complete in his energy. We all like that, don't we? Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, really? Look at the body of Christ today and tell me what's going on. He predetermined the body before the foundation. Before there was space, time, or matter. And I look at the body of Christ today and think, wrong energy source. He supplies the power to accomplish it. Listen, God doesn't plan something and then figure out how to do it. I remember hearing a guy years ago was preaching. And he was actually Scottish. Got to be careful about this. He was Scottish. And he was talking about a trade wreck uh, in Scotland. And uh, it, it was catastrophic. Catastrophic. And it's a very intense story. People, bodies, and parts everywhere. And there was a doctor who was on the train who got off the train and was trying to help people. Okay? Catastrophic disaster of humanity. And he said... If I only had my tools, I could save some of these people. And then the guy made this statement. God is looking for tools so that he can save people. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. That was really cool up until that point. I'm sitting there going, whoa, wait a minute. You're telling me. God can't get this done unless I step up. You know what? If that's true, you guys are all in trouble. 
Because if you're waiting for me to build the church, <laughs> listen, he supplies the power to accomplish his will. Remember, it's his purpose. It is his work. It is his will. God does not plan something and hope it works out. He is not helpful and hopeful. God always energizes whatever he thinks. Did you get that? Whatever he thinks is immediately energized. A thought on God's mind is instantaneously energized into reality. Instantaneously. He is all-powerful. Listen, brothers and sisters, this is God's view of our inheritance. He not only predestined us, but He is energizing the accomplishment of that predestination because it's His purpose, His will. If God, in His wondrous grace, chose us to be a part of His plan for eternity, then guess what? Then believe He will bring it to pass. Okay? Oh, did I forget to tell you? It can't be stopped. You know what is really cool? It can't even be slowed down. Listen, I am confident of this one thing. That he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I can't speed it up. I can't slow it down. I can't even change direction. You ever been around people and you're like, man, I tell you what, if they would just wake up, then they, you know what? Until God wakes them up, it ain't happening. I would like to see people walking with, when God does it, it'll happen. Because you know what? If I do it, I'll take credit for it. In my absolute humility. Look what I done. <laughs> And you know what? I reap what I sow. This I know. What God starts, God finishes. If you just drop down there to verse 19. The surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. You know what that means? The energy. The surpassing greatness of his power. The surpassing greatness of it. These are in accordance to the working of his what? Strength and mind. Might. The working of his mighty power. Verse 20. How mighty is God's power? Read verse 20. Contemplate that for 27 seconds. Not 28, not 26. Look what it says. Which brought about in Christ... When he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. How mighty is his power? 
raised Christ from the dead, and seated him at the right hand of the Father. Now grab a hold of that for a second. I want you to wrap your head around that. I told you that you are in Christ. You are in him. The energizing of his power, his mighty power, is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That power. And what are you lacking? I don't understand what you're lacking. I mean, the power that works in a Christian right now is only the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Other than that, it's probably a little on the weak side. I don't see how that works. Now, it doesn't mean that you have a new believer. But there are too many in the church today that believe if I've got all of this knowledge, then therefore I am keeping the principles of Jesus Christ. And guess what? So what? So what? How powerful is the power that is in a Christian? Raise Jesus from the dead. That is the energy that is working out his plan. Listen, God works out his plans. And nothing can change it. Nothing. I watch people in the body of Christ right now who are pursuing and chasing all kinds of stuff out there. And God bless you. But if you think about it on an average day, how much time did I waste? And if you're really honest with yourself, uh, you know, I had this discussion with a pastor one time. I said, the truth of the matter is that a Christian is the easiest thing on the planet. It doesn't use any of my energy. It uses only God's energy. I had this week uh, a number of people had memorials. They died. And uh, they, uh, for different reasons, they contact me. They, they may know of me or have known me or conversed with me or I might have worked on a motorcycle or something like that. But anyway, they all want me to come and say something. I always give the basic gospel. But inevitably, someone will come up and say, Perry in heaven? That's all they always ask me. I usually look them in the eye and say, you want the answer? Yes. What do you think? Listen, brothers and sisters, that's some of the hardest things I ever have to deal with. I had people yesterday saying, can you just pray a blessing upon us? 
Nope. But I can point you to the king who will bless you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. I don't have anything to bless with. But I can point you to my boss. Let me ask you a question. Who can separate us from the love of God? Do you realize that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Who can condemn us? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Listen, when God decides something in Him, in Christ, that is His plan, He energizes it. Let me ask you a question. What stops it? What stops it? You know what? I don't know about you, but I can't think about anything that is more secure for my hope than that. So, Castle Rock Baptist Church, I have a text for you. What you have just been exposed to, I have this text for you. Okay? Written at the same time by the same man. He's in prison. And I want you to think about this. To the church in Philippi. When they asked me to become the pastor a few years ago. This is the thing that hit me between the eyes. Chapter 4, verse 9. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. How are you doing with that? Now listen, don't look at your spouse or another brother or sister. Don't even look at that. Go look in the mirror. The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Because you know what? The Great Commission is what? Make disciples. So when you get to heaven... You can get there and you can smile at the throne of God, the power of Jesus Christ, and say, see all these people? They act just like me. Really? Really? You take that verse right there and try to do it in your own strength, and I'll tell you what you'll reap. Wheat and tares. That's all it's going to be. Look, I got a bunch of goats. Why? Because they act just like me. They heard me. They learned from me. And they look like me. That's scary stuff right there, buddy. I don't care who you are. Listen, Jesus Christ is our only identity. But he's also our only power source. The body of Christ needs to wake up to this. The time is drawing near. 
I have uh, watched a number of people step into eternity these last couple of weeks. And I can honestly say that none of them were saved. And you know what? In my line of work, people think I should comfort them. But you know what? Truth is truth. I don't care what you do with it. Truth is truth. And if you have your own identity, then I know for a fact that you are not working in the power or the purpose of His will. It's that simple. Okay? This is good stuff, guy. But remember, this is God's view. The reason that we are an inheritance to the Lord Jesus Christ is because it is by His energy, His purpose, His will. Got it? Don't forget Philippians 4.9. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the amazing things You do on a moment-by-moment basis. Father, may we be overwhelmed by Your presence. Father, may we be overwhelmed by the power that works in each of us. Father, each of us have people in our lives who are either wayward, deceived, or don't know. Help us in the power of you, Lord. Touch these souls that we can see the plan of God worked out before each of us. Father, we love you. Father, we praise you. Father, we depend upon you. To my King and Lord, amen.